0: Veni, veni, venias, and welcome to our podcast. Veni, 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 veni veni, 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 veni Good evening, and welcome to Ask a Medievalist. I'm M, the Ask portion of our program, and joining me tonight, as always, is Dr. Jesse Noose. Hello. As we record this um, here in Wisconsin, we got some snow earlier i guess like late last week um thursday we had a snow day because there was yes s- snow and so then exciting. right now we are forecasted to get somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 12 inches Ooh. on thursday and <gasps> friday so christmas weekend yes which is so exciting terrifying Uh, But also kind of delightful, because the last couple of years it's actually been like 40 degrees on Christmas, which is nice, but feels wrong. Exactly. Um, So today we're going to talk about the thing that everybody wants to do when you get 12 inches of snow, which is snowmen.
1: Yes. I just want to say that um, we have a better chance of having snow next weekend than we have had in a long time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We haven't had snow yet, of course. Yes, usually there's a seven percent chance, I guess, of having snow on Christmas weekend or around Christmas. It's not always a weekend, of course. Um, um this time I guess we have twenty percent chance. Wow, okay. Yeah. That is a lot more. So hopefully we get some snow. Um it usually it'll snow once or twice. Mm-hmm. Which is and then everybody a sad, panics. poor showing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, which is ridiculous. Um But also means then there's nobody out, which is kind
0: of really cool. Because then if you do go out, it's just you, which is fun. (laughs) So from where we are in the Midwest, of course, you probably have the same feeling even though you live there. They get, you know, half an inch of snow in D.C. and everything shuts down. Yeah. Yeah. And we're here sitting with 12 inches of snow still, like, walking our kids to the bus stop. Yep. But when I was – I visited Alaska one time – And as we were checking in uh, to fly back, I said something like, yeah, we got like four inches of snow last night, and uh, we're going to have to shovel that when we get home. And the guy, (laughs) 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 he was so nice, but he was like, oh, four inches, huh? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
1: yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously I have friends in Vermont, um, mm-hmm. These are places where snow is measured in feet. Yeah, Absolutely. Um Yeah, I will say I definitely try to revisit the Midwest, well, visit the Midwest in the winter so that I can experience what winter is supposed to be, especially Chicago. You got to get the cold.
0: You, you got to go that, like, negatives. where winter hurts your face.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> where your eye- eyelashes <laughs> freeze. And then yes. like if you have a scarf or something, your breath, you know, it's basically... Heating up mm-hmm. your eyelashes, you know, the
0: moisture's come, going on your you eyelashes, in, and then they freeze. And you have, like, frost on your eyebrows. Yep, eyelashes, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is the goal. So you gotta get at least some of that every winter. Personal belief. Yeah. Um, also, I can't lose my, like, winter... What is it? You know, it's yeah, like your sea legs. Yeah. My winter legs, I yeah. guess. <laughs> okay. Um, I still got them for the moment, so. Yes, I try to refresh them every year. Um, But yeah, obviously... Um, snow has existed always, um, or at least since the Earth cooled enough
0: <laughs> to yes. have an atmosphere. I mean, you know.
1: we're technically
0: in um, an ice age, I believe, according to whatever they call it, because the ice has, is, like, there's polar ice caps, so... Yes, yeah, we get well,
1: right, this is the thing, because the Earth has gone through a bunch of cycles, and we actually talked... In a an episode bit. about, um, a little bit about seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sort of the warming and the cooling and the idea of sort of, there have been little mini ice ages. There's obviously the big ones <laughs> that happened and then went away. Um, and then you get kind of the periods like the dinosaurs had when it was mm-hmm. incredibly warm and humid. And then you get another ice age, um, woolly mammoths and stuff. Humans have lived in very real ice ages um the sorts
0: where there were glaciers that like carved out parts of Wisconsin and all that stuff yes that's why we um, are we have the the ice age trail not far yeah. from here that you can hike on takes yep. you through some of that uh terrain
1: yeah absolutely right um and the assumptions that of course at least some people maybe many of the people who became um indigenous to North America and South America as well came over when you could kind of walk over because stuff was frozen mm-hmm. and by walk over i mean from russia <laughs> asia russia yes yeah um yeah and that it was the right there's the bridge like there's sort of land bridge. everything was frozen and then eventually the world warmed up a bit um and the oceans got bigger because stuff melted um you know things took their sort of current shape mm-hmm. um but there, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, archaeologists find stuff underwater in places that clearly humans had been because there wasn't water, or there wasn't as much, or it was frozen, you know.
0: Yeah. Um We yeah, also, so- there have been, like, smaller ice ages, right? Where, you know, right. a lot of people died of the plague. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there's less carbon yeah. being put into the atmosphere. Things got yeah. cooler. Or even, like, up through
1: the 1800s.
0: Yes. Kind of a little, probably mini...
1: I say Big Chill, something like this, Mini Ice Age, um, where it it did get colder, and you sort of, mm-hmm. you know, you read about it, because you read about the winters from, like, the late 1800s. Um, and clearly, you know, the way we think of Dickensian London, <laughs> yes, right, with the frozen rivers and all this stuff. Um, yeah. And partly it's how the bridges were built, but also partly it was colder. I mean, you mm-hmm. go to London now, it the might not- snow, but it's breeze. Right, and pro- I mean, but not only... It's partly like the bridges are built so the water does runs faster. It doesn't slow down mm-hmm. as much. So it doesn't. But also,
0: it clearly isn't as cold. Yeah.
1: I think <laughs> it clearly there's, isn't. A scene, like,
0: there's a scene in Emma where her father is really worried that it's going to snow or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it able does snow. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> but it snows. But not as much in London. Right. right. It does not snow as much in London today as it is described as having done 100 plus years ago, mm-hmm. 140 years ago. Um, so, yeah, so so that's a way of sort of obviously things have changed a bit. Um, and it certainly can snow in London today, but it's just it's not the same. So, yeah, um, obviously, there's sort of all these cycles. But when it does snow, of course, um, one wants to make snow figures yes um i want to give a shout out of course here to all of the (laughs) billion references to snow figures which tend to be male but are not always historically but in recent pop culture of course have tended to be male um obviously we have things like the famed movie white christmas Mm -hmm. there's a whole song about snow in vermont where you still definitely get it, <laughs> um, and building a man who's made of snow. Um, I
0: mean, to be fair, they're actually pretty agender, right? They, they don't have significant secondary yes. sexual characteristics. We just use well- the term snowman. Right. They don't always. I mean, I want to say they should. Like,
1: we're sometimes. gendering them.
0: What if we just yes. called them snow people and left well, them agender a and sexless? Yes. Because ah, they're yes. just snow. Like, let's, snow people. Why do we got to drag gender yeah. into this? Right. Well, I think my
1: point is that in the past, they have sometimes been gendered. <laughs> okay. And I just want to say that they are sometimes gendered in the present as well, because I cannot think of a college campus, maybe it's just me, But certainly, Madison had its fair share, usually of snow women, I want to say. When I Mm -hmm. have seen gendered snow figures, they have tended to be women. Um, And they were sometimes wearing clothes that made it very clear they are women. But of course, there are other ways to make it clear they are women. Um, And so, yeah. I mean, it it definitely can happen. Um, But also, Frosty the Snowman is famous. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say, this episode actually came about a little bit because... It occurred to me a few weeks ago, <laughs> because Christmas Carols had started, that Frosty the Snowman, uh, his description, um, he's got the corncob pipe, which wouldn't necessarily gender him as male, but that is a stereotype that that would make him male. Um, and he's got, of course, the two coal eyes, right? Um, but a button nose. And I was like, the stereotype is kind of the carrot. Right. So, where does the button come from? Olaf has a carrot, right? Yeah. That's the traditional thing. So, like, Frosty, I don't know why he has a button nose. Um, That is modern history, so I did not look into that. But it did sort of prompt me to think about snow figures. And I was like, we should find out (laughs) more about them historically. Okay. Because, absolutely, right? It snowed, again, for hundreds of thousands of millions of years, but people have only been around for some hundreds of thousands, about 300,000 years. Um, we've definitely run into snow. What are, What's the evidence for snow figures? This is also really fun because, of course, I study theater, which is ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and so are snow figures. Right. Right. Because if you don't – I mean, they melt, obviously. So you have to document in some way that they were there or nobody's going to know. Um, so there's some – People have definitely done this. There's some fun things we're going to talk about. Um, there is... Someone did... Uh, Bob Eckstein did The Illustrated History of the Snowman. Oh, wow. Um, yes, which is like... I mean, it's a cute book. <laughs> illustrated History of the Snowman. Um, yeah. But the early... The earliest illustration that he found, which is sort of currently standing as the earliest illustration anyone has found... um. I don't know if he is the one who found it. But anyway, so far, no one has found an earlier one, I guess, um, from from the European Middle Ages. Um, and we are sticking in to Europe in this instance here, just because, you know, that's that's what we got for the moment. Um, but circa 1380. Okay. Yeah, um, a book of ours. Um, it's from around 1380. Um, it's in the library in The Hague. Um, So Book of Hours, it's MS, I think, KA36, Folio 78, Verso, Brussels. So, you know, from Brussels. Um, We're going to see that this actually makes some sense, because this is an area where snow figures abounded. Okay. Um, But there is, we'll post a link to this. It's on Wikipedia, um, and other places as well, but it does have a, I think the Wikipedia page on snowman actually has a clip of it. But anyway, the image is on Wikipedia. Um, and it's a, pretty clearly seems to be a snow man, <laughs> um, sort of melting by the fire. And, um, you can tell it probably next to, although the way it looks, he's kind of, um, maybe he's on this kind of table and he's sort of, there's a fire under him. Mm-hmm. Maybe and he's kind of melting. Um, and it looks like he has at least one arm um and possibly the other one has fallen off who is to say uh, as he melts but anyway so he does seem to have an arm and um there i sent it oh okay um and he's sort of facing away from the text so um the page right there it's a it's a book of hours so there's um you know oh there's text yeah. in the center, and he's one of the marginalia, right? Um, so it's – and it's verso. So he's facing into the binding of the book with his back to the text. Um, and if you look at the full page, um, there are the Arma Christi. Some of the Arma Christi are there, which is to say – so the tools that we use are the crucifixion. You can see, like, a nail and a ladder and stuff. Um, there's a – probably a kind of dove at the bottom. Um, and the text says – Um, it's sort of about the the end of the crucifixion, um, like when Jesus died, Mm -hmm. um, and said it is finished or it has been completed, might be a better translation of the Latin, but this isn't, um, this is in Dutch, I think. Um, and so there's some interesting questions about this. So this is going to bring us into our snowman discussion, really, that one of the interesting things is, of course, today they're basically for kids, Frosty the Snowman, for example, um, but in the past, there is more sense of them having been, um, larger kind of social events. <laughs> um, probably something that kids would do or that you'd do with your friends, but the ones that are documented, of course, were much larger sort of social events and could be sort of political in nature. Oh. Um, which is a sort of interesting commentary. So obviously, again, probably people did just randomly make snowmen were snow people or just snow figures, sculptures of all kinds, um, just for fun and whatever, but those wouldn't be documented, right? Those are much less likely to have someone write down mm-hmm. that, you know, I today I made a snow figure, XYZ, whatever, right? You probably would not waste the paper on that, the parchment. Um, but that means that the ones that are noted do have this kind of political bent. And it doesn't necessarily start here, but this is sort of an example. Um, it has been argued this snowman. It's, it's not easy to tell exactly. Like, the arm is probably a branch. Who's to say? It's, he's not super detailed, so it's sort of hard to tell. Um, it does look like his butt is kind of dirty, <laughs> um, as he's melting. Um, but then it's, you can't tell, like, what his nose, his nose seems to be made of snow, actually. Mm-hmm. Right? He's just sculpted. And then he's wearing a hat. It's a nice hat. A
0: little pom-pom yes. on it, actually.
1: Yes. So this is a question. If you look this stuff up online, there are arguments people have made that this snowman is wearing the Uden hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am not sure. It's possible. Right? The question is kind of like, what does this snow figure melting on the side have to do with... The Crucifixion, right? The other yeah. things around it are maybe a little more obvious. You have kind of a figure with wings, you have kind of the dove at the bottom, you have the armor Christi. Um, there are some sort of commentaries that maybe this is actually anti-Semitic. A- an idea of like um, a kind of snow, you know, a s- essentially um, kind of like an effigy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, of, of the crucifiers, right? So, it, none of the people who crucified christ are depicted here that's sort of not what this is about Uh, we don't see judas sometimes you get just a head giving a kiss or whatever right for like the judas kiss or something like this we don't see any of those figures that maybe the snowman kind of takes that place okay? um, as that kind of figure and that the idea would be um you know here he is melting you know is it like in the fire of truth or a reminder that like those who are false shall melt away something um, the other funny thing is that you can also kind of see it as a sort of mortality, right? Mm-hmm. The earthly figure melting away as when Jesus dies and then goes up to heaven, you know, um, spiritually. Um, so I don't know, but th- but definitely that's sort of what you'll find online if you look around. Um, it's also what you'll find that the people have discussed this drawing. There are not a lot of them, but this is one of the directions they tend to go in, um, is the idea that this is a kind of potentially anti-Semitic figure. Um, and if, if that is true, that would be my added commentary that in that case, it's kind of replacing the anti, the figures you might see, right, who are part of the sort of, um, torturers of Christ, who are not always, but are sometimes depicted in ways that are very anti-Semitic, um, and that that might be, but I don't know. I mean, I think, I do think as a snowman that there are other ways to potentially see him, The point is just that on some clear way there's a kind of commentary going on here and not everyone is sure what it is, I guess. (laughs) Right. Um, Except that he's melting. And he is kind of dressed up, you know? Even as we would recognize. um, I mean, it feels
0: weird. It does feel a little weird to be like, oh, and they would just see this and understand the commentary because he was wearing a hat. Which also, like, it does... The the dude and... who is usually more funnel shaped, isn't it? Yes. Like this is a fairly flattish. It looks like yeah. a little. It looks like a little cupcake, really. It looks like
1: a Dutch hat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I'm a little bit unsure if I. I wouldn't say that that's not necessarily what it means. It could. I mean, but it could also be a slightly more interesting commentary because on the other side, slightly above, and on the other side, facing the other way. You have this figure with wings, um, who's also weird looking, Mm -hmm. got a weird hat on. You would assume kind of an angel figure because of the wings, right? Sure. But looks also kind of like a Dutch person who's just been given wings. (laughs) Like, which is a sort of ordinary person, right? Isn't terribly angelic looking. I mean, the clothes that figure is wearing do not scream heavenly quite exactly. (laughs) Okay. Um, So there's also a way to me that I wonder, like the snowman isn't in some ways a kind of similar figure where Mm -hmm. we get this figure who's kind of from the everyday. um, And who knows exactly how the illuminator illustrator thought it was supposed to fit in. (laughs) Um, It might be something about sort of the earthly, whatever melting away and that which is left is, you know, spiritual. Who knows? I mean, like it, but it does seem there are potentially other ways to read it. Um, and so, anyway, so that is my interesting... But it is funny because it's a weird... We would not expect a snowman to appear in, first of all, such a serious context. right? <laughs> Secondly, in a way that is... Presumably, he is in some way supposed to comment on the text. It's not entirely clear how. Um, but certainly, there is a critique here that we are not usually used to connecting to snowmen. And or snow figures. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is the you know, that is that figure. (laughs) Um, It's really fun. It's a great sort of little moment illustration and people should look it up and see what's what. Um, But anyway, so that's, that's sort of the earliest um, in Europe. So right in Western Europe, that's the earliest sort of um, actual depiction anyone has found. Um, While we're on pictures, actually, I think it's worth mentioning the earliest photo we know of a snowman in Europe um, was taken by a Welsh photographer, um, who's a woman. Oh. One of the earliest Welsh female photographers. Um, I'm probably going to pronounce her name incorrectly, but Mary DeLewin. Um, And her photos, or at least, a, I don't know, the ones that are extant, I assume, are in the collection of the National Library of Wales. Okay. Um, and so, this photo, circa uh, 1854 to 55, um, according to the museum website, other places date it, I mean, everyone dates it around that point. Um, But it says... It's not signed by her, but it's pretty likely taken by her, not her brother, who I guess, who was also a photographer. Um, And it shows um, a man and a woman making a snow person. They've got like a little wheelbarrow nearby. Um, And yeah, it's a sort of (laughs) awesome you know photograph i mean that's very early for a photograph um to be fair so oh. um so a photograph of and of course you know the s- snow person is snow so it's white so the contrast i mean in the the 1850s the sort of contrast you need <laughs> yes outside with snow i mean thinking of how light works on snow it's a really incredible photograph It would be even today, the sort of black and white composition. It's gorgeous. But the Christmas, I mean, the way that she did it at the time, it's sort of really impressive that you would be able to do this. You know, it's a glass photograph, right? It's a glass negative. Um, so yeah, sort of really fantastic, um, early, early picture of a snow person. Um, so that's, that's for depictions. Um, so verbal mentions. This is, of course, where most of the evidence comes from. Um there's some early or I don't know there's an early discussion mention of snow figures um from a a diary I think um of a guy in Florence um Bartolomeo del Carazza uh who s- said in the winter of 1408 um there was a big snow Obviously, um, and he describes um, some very large snow figures. So one that he said was two arms in height, um, which you know, mm-hmm. so the length of two, so about the height of a person, presumably, you know, <laughs> of a regular person, a snow person, the height of a person. live person, yes. Um, and he didn't know, or he didn't, he didn't know, or he didn't say who made it. But there were four days of snow, um, and someone made this. Um, And then also apparently, there was a snow sculpture someone made of Hercules. Oh. Oh,
0: And Florence, right? Like, (laughs) yes, the heck, Florence, come on, yes,
1: yep, Um, yeah, Hercules. We'll see gets gets picked a lot, but yeah, so Hercules um, in the middle of Piazza in Florence, Um, and so that would have been
0: a sculpture. I mean, that would have been a real sculpture. Probably by someone who could sculpt. (laughs) Right. Not a shortage um, of those in Florence at the time. (laughs) Exactly. As I understand it. Although I am surprised, like, right now, if you look up Italy's weather right now, it's in the 40s and raining. It doesn't... It seems like it's in the Mediterranean and kind of close to the sea.
1: Yes. This is another reminder that, obviously, first of all, it's not like Florence necessarily always got that much. But at the same time... Um, yeah, this is a period in the middle ages when they did get more snow probably than they get today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and so the, um, another thing mentioned, <laughs> um, is that people created, so that regular people, so I think this is that sculptors, he doesn't know who necessarily, or he doesn't say who made the person, but probably that that would have been made by an actual sculptor. The Hercules was presumably also made by an actual sculptor that ordinary people were making lions. Oh.
0: Okay. Um, this is the
1: symbol of Florence, right? And so that people were creating snow lions, apparently. Delightful. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, so there we go. So snow lions. Um, and then, <laughs> um, interesting, fun, so that's 1408. 1408. Um, or that would have been that there was a sort of, and I guess also a well-known snow that year, right? So this isn't, um, it probably didn't happen every year then either, but this is a good one. Um, much later, um, Michelangelo apparently made a snowman. Not much later, but um, Michelangelo made a snowman, apparently. Uh, Vasari, Giorgio Vasari, who's the, you know, famous sort of writer of art and architecture, historian. Writer. Anyway, um wrote that Michelangelo um one winter, when there was a great deal of snow in Florence, um, that I think uh that one of the medicis had him make a snow <laughs> statue
0: in the courtyard. Okay. Yeah. This is a Medici's. Um, I mean this is this yep. is somehow a very Italian story. Yes. But also, um, I mean,
1: it, it also means that this was clearly something that sort of happened. Right? So, um, in I mean, in the sense that if a Medici, like, if it snows a lot, and then one of the Medici's um, is, you know, decides to go ask Michelangelo to make an awesome snow statue, it pretty clearly means that snow statues are things that People They're sort of common, yes. The people sort of knew knew were yes. a thing, and so if you had enough snow, that you would ask a sculptor like Michelangelo to do that for you, right? Like ice sculpture at a wedding today, probably.
0: Yes, right? exactly. It's exactly the same intersection of wealth and like yes boredom, I think, and desire yes. to show off. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, um, and so there's something really interesting about that that. Um, It sort of tells you this is another thing, right? That snow, while ordinary snow people are out there, I mean, ordinary people are out there making snow figures, that the ones that get documented are not that. That they're clearly, and if you think about what ice was in the past, I mean, it is a huge luxury. There's not refrigeration. There's not, right. so in the winter, first of all, everyone can keep things cold. But secondly, if you're rich, you want to do it better than other people are doing it. Right. right, so clearly. things like ice sculptures, <laughs> right, and snow sculptures. I mean, clearly, snow sculptures are that kind of event, right? Um, so the idea that the Medi- you know they'd be like waiting, and when it- there was enough snow, you'd be like, "All right, Michelangelo, <laughs> this I- is why we time keep for a retainer." Yes, Proof exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, apparently it was beautiful, um, and that's all we know about it.
0: <laughs> it was incredibly okay. beautiful, and eventually it melted. Yeah. Um, but that, shooter, that is a sort of let <laughs> to hire Michelangelo yeah. of all people to work in snow. I mean, but he is your kind of court.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you're a guy Medici- you have hanging around. Yeah, he's your court, I was going to say photographer, but <laughs> painter. He's your court painter slash sculptor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's basically is your court
0: photographer. Um, so, you know, you do what you do, right? So like, I mean, that's- if, I mean, like this is if they'd had Instagram back oh, in the day, God. this is what would get on it, right? Like these yes. people, yes. And that's the point. I mean, of
1: course, right? That yeah. is absolutely the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so that's so Michelangelo um, did that. Um, that's obviously going to be like very early 1500s, presumably. I mean, I'm not sure that I'm not sure we have the year, or I don't have the year for that one. But um so. Alright. Um, moving on for fun. <laughs> we're gonna move into the big one. But, first off, um, so, we're back to, this is, I think, um, the sort of Flemish, Dutch, Netherlands speaking areas of Europe. Mm-hmm. This seems like an area where snow figures abounded. It's why presumably we get that one in the Book of Hours. Um, in Tournai in 1422, um, there was a big snow, and people, probably people who could sculpt, um, created a snow sculpture of a lion herding a flock of sheep. Okay. Um, this was interpreted, <laughs> or supposed to be interpreted, I guess, right? As the um, the notes, you know, the person writing this down is telling us how it should be interpreted, right? Um, as the king guarding his subject's welfare. Okay. Right. The lion, of course, as the king, guarding guarding the sheep. Right. Um, So guarding his flock. Yeah.
0: I like that, um, because now we could be like, well, this is also how rulers behave toward the proletariat. Yes. But <laughs> perhaps not in quite the same reverence right. toward
1: the lion. Right. Well, of course, the point is, like, a lion you know, could be guarding the sheep or could be eating the sheep, right? I mean, that is, so there's also, it's both the sort of reverential, but also commentary. Of course it's commentary, right? That's another reason why you can do this stuff out of snow, because obviously it'll melt, which destroys the evidence.
0: deniability, yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's also, um, I mean, we use it, I guess I probably should have thought of this before, that, you know, even going back to uh, the time of Jesus, right, they refer to themselves as shepherds, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we say sheeple. Yes, I know. <laughs> like,
1: oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and- pastor is a shepherd watching mm-hmm. his flock. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, or her nowadays, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, so. You know, and we'll see, that's the thing, right? The ones that are recorded are clearly kind of civic performances on some level. And they they are a critique. So we start with that sort of the early illustrations we talked about. Um, Michelangelo, it's not so much a critique, as just a reminder that this is, you know, the people who can pay for it are the ones who are making this happen, usually. Um, It's not always clear, but it is pretty clearly the ones that are recorded are rarely the ones that are actually sort of the ordinary people. Right. So you get the occasional reference to what ordinary people are doing, but usually it's it's the sort of rich rich side. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not critiquing their own society. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it just depends what side they're on. Um, so that's, so Tornay, um, a few years later, this is a fun one. Okay, so now we're starting to get into the more uh, sort of true civic events. Um, 1434 to 35, I think. 1434 is when I think the snow happened 1434 to 35 that winter I think um, in Arras so Arras is a great city we've talked about it before because a few hundred years earlier they had a ton of they still had theater but they had a ton of theater they started very early so medieval vernacular theater sort of really early on the place from Arras we still have um, it's a great area for sort of civic ceremony it's very political all sorts of stuff happening Um, and there's sort of these great descriptions or a great description, I guess, of, um, this snow that happened. (laughs) Um, and in this winter, 1434 to 35, there are sort of numerous sculptures that got set up around Ross. They do seem to have been, um, you know, not Medici level, but pretty clearly, <laughs> specifically created, right, for okay. various purposes. So we'll sort of see. Um, the sort of most famous one that people talk about the most, the one you'll probably find first if you look it up online, for example, um, was a collection of figures that was apparently a Don's Macabre in snow. okay. Right, like So it. the dance of death, yeah, is of course, the dance of death is, we've talked about it, of course, right? It's the sort of medieval sense of death is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Everyone partakes in the dance of death, right? Everyone participates. So you get everyone from a king or a queen to a serving woman and, you know, everyone in between. Um, so this dance macabre uh, apparently included an emperor, a king, death. Of course, death is always part of it. Um, and a worker. Okay. Um, and so there's a sort of really interesting commentary, because obviously they're made of snow, so then they are also all going to melt, right? So it's not just the commentary of the Don's Macabre itself, a sort of commentary on all things being equal, but obviously when you're made out of snow and you're all going to melt, you're also all equal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So there's this kind of double meaning there. Um... And there's a really interesting sort of sensibility of the, the Donsmore Cab itself um, and pro- its proliferation, right? As very much a kind of critique about society, right? Um, and Arras is a place where there are a lot of leaders who kind of intersect <laughs> um, in ways that can be difficult for the people of Arras. And so there's this sort of commentary presumably going on. Um, also, um, there's a figure... Um, first of all, so it should be mentioned, Joan of Arc had been held in Arras, um, in I think 1430, so about exactly four years earlier. Um, and there's a snow figure that seems to be Joan of Arc with soldiers, um, Legrand, it says Legrand Puchel, with, um, men at arms. Okay. Um, and so even though it's, you know, dialect, it's spelled a little differently, it seems, that seems to be probably, I mean, this is sort of everyone's best guess that it, it is Joan of Arc, right, Poussel. Um, So, apparently, <laughs> you know, at this point, like, she'd been held there a few years earlier, um, at this point, I think the, their sort of, Duke has signed a treaty now with the Dauphin. So, um, you know, I, I mean, it's not clear entirely what it, Means? Are they now sort of proud of having her there, maybe? Um, it's not as obvious, mm-hmm. but the idea that they might make a snow sculpture to her and her soldiers is a kind of interesting. Um, is it a, is it a sort of critique? Are they recognizing her worth? Is it a critique of their sort of place at the moment in all this politics? Not totally obvious, but Presumably more obvious to people at the time, I guess what it what it said. Um, but anyway, so that's another sort of interesting um, figure <laughs> to choose to carve, right? Um, and pretty awesome. I mean, you can't have mm-hmm. gotten a lot of like female knights with soldiers, right. even today in snow, no, or ice for that matter. So you know, I, I hope that that was in fact Joan kind of Arc because that would be super cool um, and definitely make her probably kind of early snow. No sure. woman. Um, although queens definitely do get portrayed and stuff, but but anyway, but that's a great one. Um, yeah, so she's so she's there presumably. Um, also, um, there are some other sort of. Um, oh, she might have been outside of an inn, actually. Um, anyway, so then there's there's others then that are sort of more um, folk figures. <laughs> Um, so I think, uh, Reynard the Fox is there. Um, Samson of Samson and Delilah fame. Um, I think described here as Samson the Strong. So presumably before he gets his hair cut off. (laughs) Okay. Um, so you'll notice also, right, figures, biblical figures, and kind of what we would call folktale figures are kind of together, right? These are just important characters. The same way you might see today as you sort of wander along and you you know, see fun characters illustrated and stuff, right? They kind of all go together. So, um, let's see. Oh, I think also in the the Dan's cab there might have been some lepers as
0: well. That? that feels difficult um, to illustrate with snow.
1: Yes, but um, I think they wore bells, potentially like they're
0: wearing bells or something to uh, tell you that they're okay. they're lepers. Yeah. Oh, see, I this forgot would be- lepers were supposed to like, you ring the bell so nobody comes near you, right? Yeah. So, like, beware, beware.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's a, you know, it's also kind of way of, um, shunning, yeah, marking people. Yes, absolutely. But presumably, right? You and the the sort of cloaks you'd have on, right? Remember these. This is the other thing. Unlike snow people that we are used to today, that are usually like, if you make manage to get three balls on top of each other, <laughs> you're yes. doing good. Um, That's these what we're are like, for. yes, these are like real sculptures by people who can sculpt. Yes, right, like ice sculpture, like
0: ice sculpture.
1: Yeah, They're so the details any- would would tell you, okay. <laughs> right? You would recognize the costume of a leper. You would recognize costume, the robes, whatever, right? You'd recognize who these people are, right? Um, let's see, some other figures. Um, oh, the Lord of Short Life, next to his tomb. Okay. Um, a snow preacher, right? That's obviously an allegory again, kind of like the Dons Macabre, right? Life is short, but also you know, next to your tomb, that's a, the that's a normal thing, but made of snow, of course, just to double illustrate that fact, because you're going to melt. Um, let's see, a snow preacher named Brother Worthless, um, who, the person recording this said, <laughs> represented hope, desire, and patience. But I'm, I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not clear to me that if you created a sort of monk out of snow that this person is assuming it was an honor and not a critique, I think is the point here. <laughs> um, maybe who is to say, it? but it might also be a more of a critique. Um, let's see. And then there was a large female figure as well. That was part of this. Um, so those, so that's just, and there were groups sort of in various places around the city, right. Or in different streets at different crossroads. Um, yeah, so Arras kind of did a whole thing, right? It's kind of like zoo lights or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, except with snow sculptures. Yeah, um, and you'd walk around and you'd see them all, right? Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, oh, and then there was a another place um, that was decorated. I think it was a um, decorated with snowmen and women, and at a site that was a maybe a. Um, let's see, an area that was where a sort of red light district type of area. Okay. Yes. Um, And this turns out to be a sort of common thing for snow figures. (laughs) Um, Obviously, some of them are in more prominent areas and they're sort of moral. Some of them are a little more iffy. Some of them are possibly critiques of society. Um, And some of them are more about... Uh, vices. Mm-hmm. Some of them are partaking more in the types of vices that, um, you know, <laughs> make hay while the sun shines, except in this case it would be like before the snow melts, I guess. Sure. Um, and that sort of leads us to the most famous snow event. It's not quite medieval, um, it's in 1511. Brussels did this in 1457. It's not as well documented, it was smaller. But the 1511 Brussels event, uh, the miracle of 1511 is what some people called it. There were six weeks, this is 1510 to 1511, but there were six weeks um, from January 1st to February 12th in 1511 that were just cold, cold and snow. Okay. Um, they built apparently over a hundred satiric snowmen. <laughs> Not okay. all men, snow figures. Uh, over a hundred s- satiric, sort of satiric, um, critical, <laughs> uh, critical snow, snow figures. Um, and there's an article um, by Herman Plage, Urban Elites in Search of a Culture, the Brussels Snow Festival of 1511. Um, and he argues very strenuously that this is not, because some people, this is something we've talked about before on this podcast. Um, some people have argued that this is a folk event. Right. Because there's a lot of sort of uh, vice, (laughs) vice depicted in these snow figures Um, and that this would therefore be a kind of low or vulgar thing that was going on. Right. A sort of low vulgar art festival for the masses. Um, And as per usual, of course, first of all, that's generally not the case because, you know, authorities just would have gotten rid of it. That was really what was happening. Um, That this is the sort of thing that's usually paid for by people who can pay for it um upper middle class the sort of rising middle class right sort of we have a kind of new um bourgeoisie i guess at this point um merchants, and for example that hmm? kind like merchants and that kind right. of yeah yes um and that they are really sort of paying for this and that also they're the ones who can kind of flout this morality Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's it's very easy for us to think, or our morality today, all right, especially like in the US, our very puritanic morality today leads us to the assumption that anything that is vulgar must be low. Right? And obviously that's completely ridiculous um, in so many ways. And you only have to go back to the Middle Ages to see all the you know, <laughs> very kind of high-class poets who wrote very vulgar stuff. Right? Um... And that this is sort of part of that same idea. So that you have the the merchant class, uh, even sort of low nobility, paying for these snow figures um, and, you know, keeping them safe and stuff. Um, and that it's really their critique of society <laughs> and their commentary on society, not somehow low art that has found its way up, right? It's really kind of the almost the reverse, right, from the top down. Um, And that's just sort of our modern prejudices that have led us to automatically view anything that we consider vulgar to be low art, right? Well, now I feel better about all those romance novels. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, They're unfairly maligned, I think is the point. Um, But anyway, so here we go. All right, so Brussels, (laughs) the sort of wealthy citizens of Brussels, um, decided to express their, I don't know, what is it? When um when you get shut in a cabin fever, I guess. Yes. Right? Um, they decided to express it in this sort of fun, entertaining way. Um, and there are a bunch of chronicles that talk about this, and also a a poem. The there's a Brussels poet, um, Jan Smecken, who wrote a really lengthy poem about this that was published by his friend Thomas Vandernut. um, and. The, he describes sort of as much of the snow figures, as many of the snow figures as he can. And um, they're from all types of stuff. So, right, characters, biblical, classical, folk, <laughs> um, recent, real, mythical, um, you know, all sorts of things. So um, current events... Tons of stuff. Um, so basically, um, that text is now in also in the a library in The Hague. Um, remember, I, I, I said, like, this is an area that loved its snow stuff. Um, all right. This seems to be, again, not spontaneous. The city was pretty clearly involved, like, as a whole. So probably, like, the city magistrates helped plan it and execute it, all this stuff, um, the same way they might plan, like, you know, a city event essentially um so this is also maybe one of the reasons why the poet wrote about it because he you know he wrote about stuff that the big festivals that, that happened in the city um all right so things that we get are um the sort of <laughs> let's see here's here's our sort of list okay there's a large kind of um category of stuff that happens um so Basically, um, most of these descriptions do come from the the poem. First of all, um, Philip of Burgundy, um, who is the bastard son of Philip the Good, um, apparently personally assisted in creating an image of Hercules outside his residence. Okay, so here we have a Hercules again. Um, this is very clearly because this is a figure he identified with, or he wanted to be identified with, depending um he probably had a real sculptor help him sculpt it obviously um according to the poem so this is Smekin, um the snowman was beautiful and had ideal human proportions okay. um which is a kind of reminder of course 1511 we are entering into the renaissance we have right in the kind of vitruvian i well right, the Vitruvian man, right? So the, kind of that sense of kind of the ideal, the look back at the classical proportions, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so this is a very Renaissance classical Hercules um, that Philip wants to be identified with, <laughs> that is apparently beautiful, um, that is, you know, so we also get all of the sort of classical undertones of male beauty here, um, but erected outside his house so that people will, I guess, hopefully think of him this way, right? Um, So that's one. Um, A different one uh, before the Ducal Palace. um, A virgin with a unicorn in her lap. Okay. This is really famous. I think we've talked about the unicorn tapestries. Um, This is just a very famous motif. Um, She Who Shall Not Be Named mentions it in the Harry Potter series Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It's not explicitly virgins. Hagrid says something like, um, usually unicorns only... Something like, usually only girls can approach unicorns, but if... But when they're young, young boys can too. Or something like that. I don't know. And so it, it doesn't specify, but this is, of course, the point that unicorns were attracted to virgins, assumed to be women, young women. Um, and it's very much a sort of um, Christian metaphor, right? Kind of for Mary and Christ and purity and things like this. Um, so, that, so that's sculpted um, outside the Dugal Palace. Um, and there's a sort of question: Is it a sort of commentary on the purity, kind of, of you know the ruler or um, the poet? So Smekin seems to think, or maybe he was told to say, <laughs> that it expresses the city's concern over the fact that their ruler, who's a young kid. Like Duke, um, eventually Charles V, um, that he's absent, right? He does not live in the city because he's you know with his aunt, I think, who's regent. Anyway, whoever's whoever's the adult is, you know, he lives with them um, and not in the city. And so that it's also kind of, I guess, a sense of like luring him back <laughs> um, or something like this. Anyway, okay. So a sort of allegory about about their, you know the Virgin and Christ, but also how their young ruler is gone from the city. Um, okay. So um, there are, there apparently were um, elegantly clad gentlemen portrayed gambling near one of the marketplaces. All right. Um, which, of course, is a different commentary, presumably, like the wealthy, you know, doing whatever they wanted, I guess, in the city, gambling in the streets if they felt like it. Um, probably not literally in the streets, but, you know, um, causing problems, I guess. The nobility kind of causing problems with the not behaving. Um, okay, so then there's another area where um, there was uh, there was a kind of skirmish that had been going on between some of the leaders and a kind of renegade um, outside of Brussels. And that is also depicted in the snow. Um, along with a defecating man? Um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> apparently yes, That's we have common. talked about um the defecating sort of person as part of like the Catalan Christmas, yes, crash, right? That seems to be a little different probably. That's more of a commentary again on kind of the the ordinary person or things like this. Um this apparently, like in Brussels, we're going to talk about more of this, but scanological functions, first of all, they love depicting them in snow as well as in other ways. Um, and this seems to be maybe more about um, depicting, like, the fear of your enemies.
0: Possibly. Oh, okay. Or,
1: may- or maybe just sort of making fun of your enemies, right? So that, you know, you would show them accompanied by a guy who's pooping, because this is kind of what you think of them. Or at least what you want to think of them, even if maybe you are actually scared of them. (laughs) Okay. This is how you want them to be portrayed, right? Um, okay. So that's our kind of, that's a, yes, a snow of snow, snow pooping guy. All right. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, let's see. There's some other sort of, um, pooping figures as well. Um, that we will, that we will get to, but, um, we have a few other sort of interesting um, stereotypes, basically. So another reason to assume that it's the merchants who are paying for this um, is the fact that um, you have sort of lower class people depicted in ways that are kind of derogatory, potentially. Um, So um, Baldwin Longtooth and Little Henry the Farmer Are portrayed kind of as drunken fools. My goodness. Um, One of them apparently kept getting his head knocked off, (laughs) and um, they had to, you know, they passed, like, I don't know, some ordinances or something to try and, like, stop people from destroying the statues. They're not statues, destroying the snow figures. Um, But obviously, some of them weren't touched, but maybe it's another commentary, you know, are some of the people in the town who are not as high-class destroying the ones they think are making fun of them? Maybe? <laughs> that <laughs> or is I would it just believe. That, right? Or is it just kind of rowdy groups of people figure that the lower-class ones, you won't get in trouble for destroying them? Mm. Hard to know. Either way is possible. Um, but those... So anyway, so you got those um, that are, right, kind of stereotypes of of that. Um and then there's um, some animals. There's a pooping cow. Okay. Yes. Um, a pooping centaur. Yes. Um,
0: because why not? Like, that feels like the answer to a question that I would never have thought to ask. But yes. Also, I feel sad that it has been asked.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I mean, it's half human, half horse, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know... It's a, like a pooping horse, just slightly more interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: Um, I would say. Yes, yes. Anyhow, um, then there's, um, a lot of nude snow figures. Many of them depicted having sex. Okay. Um, in the red light district, so in the actual red light district of Brussels, there was a prostitute represented, um, whose, Breasts and genitalia were very carefully sculpted <laughs> so that
0: passersby would notice. Right? Um, you know what? Having been to Brussels and like I think walked around the red light district sort of accidentally yes. this doesn't shock me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, yep. They're remarkably chill there. Yes.
1: Well, um, and of course you know, um, we're about to get to sort of the most famous thing in Brussels that also there was a snow one that we'll talk about in a sec. Um, I'll run down some other uh. things first, though. Um, let's see. There's, um... There's some other just sort of uh, kind of fictional characters or sort of allegorical characters um, depicted as well in various areas of the city. Um... The, um... And some sort of comic... Comic figures as well. Um... So just to sort of cover all that, um, and then, yes, so the nude figures, we have sort of the prostitute, and then um, we have um, a fountain, so a snow fountain, which means it must have really been sort of, you know, carefully Um representing a small boy urinating rose water into the mouth of a greedy drinker. Oh my god. Yes. Um, So this probably reminds anyone who has been to Brussels or even just seen pictures of Brussels of (laughs) um, the, there is a fountain of a pissing boy, right? The little mannequin piss in Brussels. Um, This statue is referenced in the 1400s. I mean, here we are in the early 1500s. Um, So it is referenced this early, even a little earlier, maybe. Hmm. So maybe the late 1400s. Um, the one that's currently there is from the early 1600s. So that's not sort of the original. Okay. It's not clear how early the original was, and it's not clear. I mean, this is one of the early references, and this one, of course, is snow, so it's going to melt. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, so in, um, a, in a record from the 1400s, there is a description of a small fountain. Of a pissing boy, so of of a mannequin piss, Um and this sculpture presumably, right, 1511, this is presumably made to look like that statue. I mean, so probably that right. statue does already exist there, and this sculpture has been made to mimic it. Okay. Right, so this is a snow version, presumably, of something that already exists in the city. It has already been referenced. It's going to continue to exist in the city long enough that by the early 1600s, they're going to make the one that we have now. And that one, of course, has been the same. So that one is there. Um, where did this come from? Right? this The fact that this has become a kind of symbol of Brussels yeah. <laughs> is intriguing. Um, I, you know, a pooping centaur could have been great. Why not? <laughs> Um <laughs> but no. Um it's a little unclear. In fourteen fifty three in Lille, um there was apparently um a table decoration um of a naked little boy who stood on a rock and pissed rose water. Okay. Um this is kind of a classical illusion right we make fun of all the little cherubs flying around right the sort of little baby cupids um and there is this sort of rena there's this weird way in which the renaissance kind of takes greek imagery um that tends to be very homoerotic and the renaissance kind of tries to make it not as homo not always i mean Sometimes it leaves the homoerotic, Michelangelo's gay, but frequently the Renaissance kind of tries to take that part out but also kind of leave this weird suggestion of something, right? Um, So these are, like, young. So I, you know, (laughs) it's not, like, I guess problematic because it's classical statuary.
0: I'm having Um, a lot of thoughts about The Last Supper at the moment.
1: Yes, Um, there's some
0: interesting things here. (laughs) That could probably be an entire its own episode, but okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, um, and so there's this, so there's this interesting way in which this somehow this kind of theme. So yeah, fourteen fifty three at Leal, um, it's part. Of, it's there's at this banquet, right? It's this statue that's there, a real statue, <laughs> right? That was someone had made probably for their banquet, so it would pee rose water, and you could get it, you know, your whatever rose water, sure. Um, and this sort of makes it through this area, right? The kind of Dutch-speaking areas. Um, and once it gets to Brussels, clearly they kind of embrace it <laughs> um, and keep it. That speaks to and us.
0: It, Small yeah. boy pissing. Let's keep that yeah. in our town. Okay. Yes.
1: Right, because it's also kind of mocking. Mm-hmm. Um, it does kind of give a sense um obviously you know there's a commentary a bit of a class commentary or right um this idea of you know mockery like being peed on (laughs) but because it's a little kid it sort of is just maybe cute there's also kind of troubling problematic reminder of the um sexuality that it kind of potentially comes from mm-hmm. in classical works um so they're can, all these kind of interesting also things feel
0: a little defiant maybe yeah you know absolutely. A kid being disobedient
1: right and then a kid right a kid could kind of pee wherever he wants are you really going to get that mad at him if he's that young
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but then of course the fact that like if it's actual rosewater and you're like using it then there is this weird sort of <laughs> critique right as yeah. well yeah so it, it can be a kind of class critique a sort of so there are a lot of sort of possibilities there that are very interesting um as i said like this statue apparently he is peeing into the mouth of you know another sculpture sculpture mm, okay um the snow ones um yeah but anyway so there's this very interesting sort of sense that um this <laughs> you know this is just one of a lot of sculptures that have different figures some of them are biblical some of them are folklore you know there are sort of people you'd see in the city gamblers prostitutes stuff like this different classes of people um it's interesting that this we it's just sort of an assumption but it probably is a copy of a different of a real statue that existed <laughs> right which is funny like the idea that you'd have a snow sculpture that mimics a real sculpture and this Mm one will melt but of course that one won't at the same time that one didn't last because the one we have now is from the early 1600s so um yeah there's but there's a sort of interesting question right why would you make a snow version of a real statue (laughs) i don't know i mean why not just to show off but also there is some there is a sort of question maybe that statue didn't exist at the moment in the city like they had had it maybe they didn't have it they made a snow one but however it happened obviously this is something that did end up becoming sort of the symbol of Brussels um, it's worth pointing out that not I don't know some decades ago but not that long ago they put in a little um, I think she's called Janikin piss yeah so a little girl but you know it's not quite the same and obviously she is not as famous <laughs> um yeah but it's it's a sort of funny um commentary we don't we think of snow as being four kids but we do not think of snow figures as being first of all social critiques i would say usually sometimes they can be mm-hmm. you know sometimes you'll see a picture of someone's yard where they have like some fun setup of snowmen snow people. Calvin and Hobbes was always drawing funny. Yeah, that's snow what people
0: I was. <laughs> I mean, like that's the the one you want, right? Is right. like the the one big snow person about to toboggan over a bunch of tiny, small stone people. Yes. Or...
1: But the funny thing is, like that that is actually much closer to how they used to be seen. Yes. Also, that they would have been real sculptures. I mean, like ice sculptures that you'd make them really sort of mm-hmm. um, incredible. Um, yeah, so it used to, so it used to be a much more sort of civic, social, political type of thing. Um, and now, of course, it tends not to be that, except in very specific cases. It can be. You know, there mm-hmm. are still sort of contests for, like, sand castles, I assume, of snow, snow person building, snow figure building. Um, but even then, you probably don't get a lot of the or pornographic ones, I'm guessing.
0: Probably not. Fewer. Fewer <laughs> are of those. <laughs> Poor Puritan ancestors have somewhat put a stop to that, probably. I know.
1: And plus, especially because they were in New England, right? Which is where you'd get oh, this. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where you get the snow. Yeah. But I don't know how many people in Vermont would make like a, maybe a pooping cow. That seems pretty vermont I I don't know. Sure. But anyhow, but yeah, so that's Brussels. So that's sort of one of the last big, um, I'm going to count it as medieval, because it comes out of the Middle Ages, um, snow festivals. Yes. All Um, right. Anyway, yeah. So that is a brief history of snow figures.
0: Snow sculpture. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, Oh, we should probably also point out um, the sort of really famous poem (laughs) um, that, you know, the snows of yesteryear. Où sont les neiges d'Antoine? Yes. (laughs) That there's a question it has been asked, I guess. Um, you know, it's from 1461. Oh, is um, it really?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sorry. I only François know it Vion. because of the reference in Catch Twenty Two. Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes, probably most people are familiar yes. with it. There's, yeah, it's
1: become so yeah. famous. I mean, it's become so famous. Um, but um, there is a bit of a question. It sort of talks. It talks about women. It talks about all these things. Um, is it possible that he's actually talking about a snow event? Like, could he actually be talking about literal snow figures that were created in the past uh-huh. at some big snow event where there could have been snow? Cause he, you know, he talks about like, I think he mentions Halloween. Wait, well, he mentions all these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they could have been made out of snow. Like, they could have actually been made out of snow. So it, it's read, of course, as this poem that's kind of obviously about the past, blah, blah. But, um, Which it is, but also it could be a little more literal. It could be both of those things. It could be a double meaning all the way through the poem. Which is to say a a poem that is about, um, you know, all the things we think it's about, but might also reference an actual sort of snow festival where a lot of these figures were made out of snow in the past. Yes. And then all melted. And now they have gone and he's wondering where they are. Right. Anyway. Um, it's a possibility. I if, don't. If I know, I don't put anything on that. But it could
0: be. If I know one thing about poetry, it's that you should always assume the maximum number of meanings, because yes. that makes the poets the happiest. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So even if it wasn't. He would like us to think it yeah. was. Yeah. But also, like mm-hmm. as a writer, often the times where I just write down something that happened, and then people are like, "Wow, that sounds really weird. How yes. where did you? Where did you cook that up?" And right. you're like, oh, I just, went, right. I went to the beach or whatever, and this was what it was. But no, no, right. I'm very creative, and these sort of weird things happen to me all the time, or whatever. Yep. It would also
1: sort of explain, like, why snows. Like, yes. why snows is plural.
0: Yes. If it meant, like, snow figures. It's always interesting, also, to f- see um, the fact, that, like, the way that people reminisce about their... Things that happened when they were young, about how the snow was deeper yes. and the winters were colder, and all the children yes. were more polite, and like exactly. women knew their place in the world, and like this yep. that that people have genuinely been reminiscing about those things for centuries. Oh yeah, yes, and probably for millennia. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that we will never we will never yes. find children as polite as the ones that happened in everybody's youths. And you yes, know. yes. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, obviously it's, it's also that for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it's also a sort of fun r- reminder, like snow festivals today. Um, we certainly still have them. We still do all this stuff, but yeah, there's a different sense kind of of snow, probably also because we do have things like snow plows and, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, we c- salt, we salt stuff. So we don't have, we don't put up with it the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't, um, you know. So unless you are in somewhere like Vermont, you're just less likely to have the, um, the time, the amount of snow, the space where, where it can actually sit and people won't come by and knock it down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Although again, apparently knocking things down was a problem even for like Brussels. So.
0: Yeah, I mean. Again,
1: this is something that's happened forever.
0: I can, I can understand the frustration. Yes. uh, Probably on both sides. Yes, but um, I think leave it there. Sure. Okay.
1: I was gonna say the the one final funny thing is just like Switzerland. I think has a, they make a kind of fake snowman that they fill with dynamite in the spring, <laughs> um, and then they explode it, and the faster it explodes, the faster warm weather will come. Oh my god! It's called like the boog or something.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, but yeah, so Zurich. That's as good as the Gavaldigo. Yes. Okay. Yes. Except they blow it up on purpose in Zurich. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Cool. Cool beans, Zurich. <laughs> yes.
1: I don't know how long they've been doing this. I, it is not like necessarily an old,
0: not, it's not a medieval Yeah, I'm but. sure they did not have dynamite for all that <laughs> right. long. But right. still. But uh, But they may have had snow figures for that long. Yeah, yes. and the idea of a sacrifice in the spring to yeah, bring back course. the warm weather.
1: Yes, Wickerman. man
0: yes okay Anywho, cool <laughs> <That> much slightly <laughs> ominous note um yes you can find us on twitter at ask a medievalist we are on mastodon sort of technically at pretense soup all one word at romancelandia.club and we are on facebook which is facebook.com slash ask medievalist i believe And of course, you can check out our website, which is askamedievalist.com. Until next time, everybody stay warm. Um, You know, keep that scarf wrapped around your face, I guess. And keep it medieval. Hey guys, this is M jumping back in. Um, If you've made it this far and you enjoy my contributions to the podcast, you might be interested in some of my writing. I write things like... Either dystopian or utopian sci-fi poetry, depending on how you look at it. Queer historical romance, urban fantasy set in Madison in the 60s. Some of it will be coming out later this year, I hope. And I've started a newsletter, so I can let people know when that happens. If you're interested in receiving those newsletters, go to tinyletter.com slash E.H. Lupton. That's L-U-P-T-O-N. And you can sign up. I promise not to monetize you or disseminate you or anything like that. And um, I won't even know if you unsubscribe. So that's tinyletter.com slash E.H. Lupton. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks. Ask a Medievalist is a production of This Can't Be That Hard Studios and is not endorsed, acknowledged, or condoned by Virginia Commonwealth University or any of its constituent departments. Our theme music is Veni Veni Venias from Carmina Burana by Carl Orff, performed by the MIT Concert Choir and licensed under a Creative Commons attributional non-commercial license version 3.0. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, why not tell a friend? For more on today's topic, including sources, annotations, and corrections, visit our website at www.askamedievalist.com. And if you have questions, feel free to drop us an email at questions at